Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, April 5th. And we start with local news. Developers of a previously approved mixed-use project along Spring Hill's Port Royal Road have requested a major modification to the project following an architectural design change, which would increase commercial space and allow more synergy among the project developers, told the Spring Hill Planning Commission last week. Originally approved in October of 2022 was 84,000 square feet of commercial space, but the modified plan would include 123,000 square feet. The residential prospect is 237 units, or 12.92 units per acre. Project developer Andy Zhu of Pentagon Holdings said the change came after talking with a number of parties with a vested interest and realizing the approved plan may not be viable, specifically for commercial tenants. As approved, the storefronts would have been lined along Port Royal Road, but that wasn't an option following those discussions, Zhu said. Part of our intent was always that the corridor along Port Royal would be the active corridor. That's where you want to see the energy, he said. We are kind of exploring how we can stay in line with the original intent of the site with the open space and improve the access and viability of the commercial space, while also improving safety pedestrian walkability, and making sure we can break those parking lots up a little bit, he said. Maybe there's a chance here to push the design in a different way, he said. Alderman Matt Fitterer and Trent Linville, along with Commissioner Jonathan Duda, commended Ken Babinchak of Smith Gee Studio for their work on the latest proposed development. This is obviously a more thoughtful design than what we saw previously. It's unfortunate you weren't here six months ago, Fitterer said. Babinchak and Smith Gee Studio, who have worked on the Berry Farms project in Franklin, said his group wanted to build a sense of place with the new design. We really like this idea of a centralized amenity open space, but how can we embrace that and enhance it? We wanted to locate the placemaking internal to the site, he said. By making it internal, it is not only more pedestrian friendly, but it enhances the connectivity and enhances the synergy among those uses, he said. With the changes comes new amenity options. The original plan included a central lawn, fire pit seating areas, dog park, and a pond or water feature. In the proposed plan, there is a pocket park, a kid's play area, a dog park, a central lawn, and an event stage. We located the open space and extended it out to Port Royal Road so it's more visible and creates the front door, Babinchak said. One of the major changes would be added height and length to the multi-use buildings, Babinchak said that in order to properly frame the open space to scale, the multi-use buildings would need to be taller than initially approved, but still within the approved levels of the commission. Building length, however, was a point of contention in the first design, and Babinchak proposes adding 50 feet to each of the mixed-use buildings to 225 feet. Linville said he would like to hear feedback from the fire marshal before offering his thoughts on the request. The project is scheduled to come back before the board at its next meeting on April 10th, but would not be up for a vote at that meeting. It's been exciting working with the city on this project. Hopefully it can bring something exciting and impactful for the city and the residents and nearby neighbors, Zhu said. 
as conversations continue on the issue of gun safety across the state and country in the aftermath of the death of three students and three faculty members at a Nashville private school, student safety remains atop the priority list in Murray County. While no additional measures have been introduced at Columbia Academy immediately, Head of Security Ben Jones said he and school administration are constantly finding ways to better secure their campus. Columbia Academy is unique in its campus design with multiple buildings, but we feel like we have a high standard of safety when it comes to our students, Jones said. We're always trying to get a different perspective from parents, alumni, and staff on what we have and if it's enough, he said. Since being named head of security, Jones said a lot has been improved upon in both policy and procedures, but also in physical protection. We have cameras and access control systems in place, and we have multiple armed security on campus, he said. We work with local law enforcement to host training sessions to make them familiar with our buildings and campus, and so the response times are reduced as much as it can be, he said. Meanwhile, Murray County Public Schools serves over 13,000 students in the pre-K through 12th grade, with a number of students continuing to rise due to the county's rapid growth rate. Jonathan Berry, school safety coordinator for Murray County Public Schools, said protocols have been in place as long as there has been a school district. Focus shifted in the late 1990s to include active shooter procedures, he said, following the school shooting in Giles County and Columbine. In 1995, 17-year-old James Ellison Rouse opened fire at Richland High School in Linville in Giles County, killing one student and one teacher. The shooting is considered noteworthy for occurring before the 1999 Columbine High School massacre, which killed 12 students and one teacher. Barry said Murray County Public Schools security protocols are referred to as Emergency Operations Plans, or EOPs, and are required by the state to be revised and updated yearly. My office is responsible for ensuring the completion of EOPs and submitting them to the state via our state-approved school security software, Barry said. Updated EOPs are required to be submitted to the state prior to each new school year. Barry added that district-wide security assessments are also required to be completed each spring for each individual campus. These security assessments identify areas of weakness and allow us to focus our efforts on the identified weakness, he said. Barry also said school resource officers, or SROs, are in each building, with two in each high school and two in one middle school. The funding for SROs was originally a joint effort by Murray County Public Schools and Murray County government at the inception of the program. Now, the division is completely funded by the county government. Jack Cobb, communications director for Murray County Public Schools, stated in an email that the district has had SROs in place since 1999 and was the first district in Tennessee to have an officer in every school building. Barry did not go into detail about the products used to secure buildings, but did say that Murray County Public Schools has protective measures for glass and windows, which have been in place for over five years. Cobb added that school doors have bullet-resistant laminate that would make it hard to gain access. Additionally, most entrance doors now have two-way mirror-protective vinyl graphics, he said in an email. In the most recent shooting in Nashville, the gunman was able to access the building by shooting through the glass doors. But Jones said there is a method in place at Columbia Academy's campus to prevent such an entrance to their buildings. That was similar to the Sandy Hook shooting. It's something that's been done before, and it's something we're prepared for, Jones said. Jones said he is confident the Columbia Academy has prepared itself the best it can for an active shooter situation. It's an ongoing process. I always want to do more. 
We're limited with time and funding, but it's something that head of schools Dr. James Thomas and our board have made a priority, he said. I'll never feel like enough is enough, though. I'll always try to do more anytime I can, he said. Watching the dramatic footage from last Monday is a sobering reminder to the dangers we face in our school environment, Barry added. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Covenant School community in Nashville. A total of 564 runners and walkers participated in the 2023 Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot presented by First Farmers Bank at Riverwalk Park on Saturday, April 1st, raising a record $34,784 for the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation, thanks to contributions from racers and local sponsors. Proceeds from the Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot help to support Murray Regional Health's mobile medical unit, which serves at-risk and uninsured patients throughout the region and has touched the lives of thousands of individuals since 2017. Proceeds also support the Foundation's Wellness and Aquatics Center Healthy Living Endowment, the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation Department, and the Physical Education Program at Santa Fe Unit School, the area school with the most race participants. Thank you to presenting sponsor First Farmers Bank and all of our sponsors, runners, walkers, and volunteers, Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said. It was a little windy, but the warm sunshine made it a great day to race. The funds raised from this event will supply, I'm sorry, will support the healthy living needs of our communities at risk and underserved populations through services like the Murray Regional Mobile Medical Unit, he said. Justin Watson had the fastest run of the day in the 5K, finishing first overall in 17 minutes, 32.95 seconds, while Nanette Chapman was first overall for the women with a time of 20 minutes, 28.05 seconds. In the master category, David Hudson was first for the men in 18 minutes, 18.58 seconds, and Allison Warenga finished in 20 minutes, 30.67 seconds to lead the women. Paul Vondelin and Connie Levitt-Neal went home winners in the Super Grand Master category, finishing respectively in 30 minutes, 12.56 seconds, and 46 minutes, 38.52 seconds. The top three female finishers in the one-mile trot included Harlow Holtke, Audrey Turner, and Ryan Laffey, while the top three male finishers were Witt Sego, Owen Slaughter, and David Tuck. A full overview of all of the winners for the male and female age group categories is available at www.runsignup.com forward slash MuleKick5K, where all 5K racers can also view their individual times and download their finisher certificates. Photos from the 2023 event will soon be available at facebook.com forward slash MuleKick5K. To learn more about the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation or to make a gift to the mobile medical unit, you can visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. Murray County Public Schools invites area industries and businesses to their Senior Salute Day and Strive to Drive giveaway on Thursday, April 20th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Columbia Central High School football stadium at Murray County Park. During this event, one lucky senior will win a 2023 Jeep Compass from Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat. In addition to the Jeep Compass giveaway, this event will showcase seniors from every Murray County Public Schools high school and allow area businesses to meet over 800 students and share with them what your business has to offer. If you are interested in participating in the Senior Salute Day Career Fair event, you can email askmcps at murrayk12.org. 
The Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance kicked off their annual Shop Local Passport adventure, Where's Murray the Mule, last week. This event, presented by Stan McNabb Chevrolet of Columbia, encourages people to discover, explore, and support small businesses across Murray County. Murray Alliance launched this event in 2016 to support local businesses and provide a fun activity for families during spring break and Mule Week. Where's Murray the Mule is just one initiative from Murray Alliance to help support the small business community, but it is one that both people and businesses look forward to each year. The event has grown every year since its inception and is now a two-week event with 35 participating businesses. Those interested in joining the search for Murray the Mule this year can pick up a passport from event sponsor Stan McNabb Chevrolet of Columbia, Murray Alliance, or any of the 35 participating businesses. Once you have a passport, visit as many local businesses businesses as possible, find the Murray the Mule image hidden at each business, and get your passport stamped or signed by an employee. Visiting at least five businesses will enter you into a participation drawing for local first gift cards. Visiting 20 businesses qualifies you for the grand prize drawing. If you visit 25 businesses, you will get a double entry into the grand prize drawing. And if you visit 30 businesses, you will get a triple entry into the grand prize drawing. To be entered into the grand prize drawing, passports must be turned in at the Murray Alliance office by Tuesday, April 11th at 5 p.m. Winners will be randomly selected on Tuesday, April 12th. Two lucky people will win the grand prize, which is $450 in gift cards from participating businesses. Murray Alliance's local first gift cards will also be given away. Visit www.murrayalliance.com forward slash where's Murray 23 for more information. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Sheila Ann Wood Moore. 68, a homemaker and resident of Mount Pleasant, died Friday, March 31st at Murray Regional Medical Center. There are no services scheduled at this time for Mrs. Moore. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies early today, followed by strong thunderstorms during the afternoon. The high will be 82 degrees, with winds out of the south-southwest at 15 to 25 miles per hour. The chance of rain? 70%. Tonight, we can expect showers and thunderstorms. The low will be 53, with winds out of the west at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain? 100%, with 1 to 2 inches expected to fall. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
Family first. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. More than 95% of people incarcerated will come home like I did. I'm William Arnold, director of the new Tennessee Office of Reentry. When they come home, we want to be ready to help remove barriers to employment. It's okay if you've been incarcerated or justice involved. Help is available. Go to TNWorkReady.com or visit your local American Job Center. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. TNWorkReady.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Yells rang out through the state capitol as Tennessee House Republicans on Monday introduced resolutions to expel three Democrats for disorderly behavior after the trio led protest chants for gun reform on the floor of the chamber last week in the wake of the deadly Covenant School shooting. On Thursday, the three House Democrats approached the podium between bills without being recognized to speak, a breach of chamber rules. With a bullhorn, Representatives Gloria Johnson of Knoxville, Justin Jones of Nashville, and Justin Pearson of Memphis led protesters in the galleries in several chants calling for gun reform. 
House leadership later likened the trio's behavior to an insurrection, a characterization House Democrats decried last week. The expulsion resolutions claimed the three did knowingly and intentionally bring disorder and dishonor to the House of Representatives through their individual and collective actions. Final votes to expel the three members will occur Thursday. Johnson, Jones, and Pearson will have an opportunity to defend their actions during that session. The House chamber fell into chaos as Republican Representative Andrew Farmer of Sevierville introduced the first resolution which called for Pearson's expulsion. Protesters screamed from the galleries above. Pearson raised his fist in protest, and House Democrats raised their hands to object. Amid the chaos, House Speaker Cameron Sexton called for the vote. All three resolutions passed in a party-line vote of 72 to 23. Democrats will have little power to block expulsions on Thursday. Sexton did not recess the chamber as protesters in the gallery began chants of fascists, fascists, and wagged their fingers and fists at members. Instead, the Speaker called for state troopers to clear the House galleries. While the majority of the crowd cleared peacefully, one woman was handcuffed and carried out of the gallery by state troopers after she refused to follow commands and pushed a responding trooper per Davidson County court records. She was charged with assault on a first responder, disorderly conduct, and disrupting a meeting or procession. It was the only arrest on Monday when thousands of young people marched on the Capitol to call for gun reform, Tennessee Highway Patrol confirmed. Meanwhile, on the House floor, Jones and Representative Justin Lafferty, a Republican from Knoxville, were taking phone videos of the gallery being cleared. A scuffle ensued between the two, with Lafferty snatching Jones's phone away. In response, a knot of lawmakers converged on the House floor in confrontation that took several minutes to cool down. After House business resumed, Jones accused Lafferty of misconduct. Representative Justin Lafferty pushed me and stole my phone and tried to incite a riot with his fellow members in this section of the House. I have it on video. I will send it to you, Jones told Sexton. Jones shared video with the Tennessean of the incident, which appears to depict a physical confrontation between the two lawmakers. In a statement on Tuesday, Lafferty did not deny shoving Jones or grabbing his phone. Representative Jones came to my desk, and as I turned, he shoved his phone in my face in a threatening manner. I reacted as anyone would, Lafferty said. Attempts to characterize this as anything else are misleading and false. The three members who are in danger of losing their jobs are desperate to deflect attention away from their actions, he said. The trio were present and voted on bills on Monday night. Together they represent more than 210,000 constituents. We're going to push back and we're going to fight this because it's unprecedented and utterly ridiculous, Johnson said. Johnson said she would consider a lawsuit if expelled, arguing their protest is constitutionally protected. She also pointed to a list of recent scandals involving lawmakers that didn't lead to expulsion, including former former House Speaker Glenn Cassida of Franklin, who was under federal indictment, and former Representative David Byrd, who was accused of sexually assaulting teenagers when he was a basketball coach decades earlier. We had a child molester on the floor for years. They helped him get reelected and did nothing to expel him, Johnson said. We've had members pee in each other's chairs. We've had members illegally prescribe drugs to their cousin mistress, and nothing happened. But talk on the floor without permission, and you'll get expelled, she said. The House Democratic Caucus released a statement after Monday's vote saying the caucus stands firmly united with its members. The Democratic Caucus has unanimously formally voted to oppose the baseless resolutions for expulsion and will zealously oppose them should they come up for a vote on the House floor, the statement said. Tennessee Black Caucus of state legislators also issued a statement Monday night objecting to the resolutions. 
This political retribution is unconstitutional and, in this moment, morally bankrupt, the group said. The people who elected us are calling for meaningful action to end gun violence, and the people have a right to be heard through their duly elected representatives, they said. The group said Sexton instead should be leading a real bipartisan discussion to generate reforms that could stop the next school shooting. The trio's floor protest last Thursday came just days after the deadly Covenant shooting that led three children and three school staff members left them dead. House lawmakers on Thursday had to walk through a gauntlet of protesters, many of whom were teenagers, who had marched on the Tennessee Capitol demanding gun reform. On the floor, Jones verbally sparred several times with Sexton after the trio approached the well, the area in the front of the chamber where lawmakers speak. Sexton immediately recessed the chamber, halting legislative business for nearly an hour, and ordered security to clear House galleries of spectators. Before the galleries were cleared, the Democratic trio led the crowd in chants of gun reform now. The trio later walked off the House floor after a heated confrontation with their own Democratic leadership, though leadership has since supported their actions. The House resumed its regular calendar, with the Democrats remaining on the floor. United States Senators Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty announced Thursday they will be introducing the Security Aid for Every School Act, or SAFE Act. The SAFE School Act establishes a $900 million grant program that will allow both public and private schools to train and hire veterans and former law enforcement officers to serve as school safety officers, hire off-duty law enforcement officers, and provide funding to hardened schools and increase physical security. This legislation continues Senator Blackburn's efforts to keep their children safe at school. Senator Blackburn introduced similar legislation in the prior Congress. The Safe School Act is supported by Tennessee leaders, school safety advocates and veterans, along with local, state and federal law enforcement officials and organizations. I am beyond heartbroken at the shooting that occurred at the Covenant School in Nashville, said Senator Blackburn. No parent should have to endure what these families are experiencing. Schools should be places where children are safe to learn, play, and be children. My legislation with Senator Haggerty will allow both public and private schools to train and hire veterans and former law enforcement officers to serve as school safety officers, as well as increase physical security measures to harden schools. By providing these critical funds, we can help protect our precious children and secure our schools, she said. This Covenant School community, the city of Nashville, and our home state of Tennessee have suffered unspeakable, heartbreaking loss this week, and I join the families of the victims and all those affected in mourning this incomprehensible tragedy, said Senator Haggerty. The heroic bravery of law enforcement officers and first responders who quickly ran into danger, as well as the actions of teachers, staff, and students who deployed security measures, saved many other lives and underscore the critical role of school security planning and personnel in the face of depraved evil acts, he said. The school safety, the Safe School Act, rather, would establish a $900 million grant program that will allow both public and private schools to train and hire veterans and former law enforcement officers to serve as school safety officers. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The band Tears for Fears just announced a North American tour taking place this summer. Tipping Point Tour Part 2 will stop at First Bank Amphitheater in July 11th. The tour will feature special guests, Cold War Kids. Pre-sale tickets go on sale today with the code word VINYL. General sale tickets begin on Friday at 10 a.m. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.